You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this week's Worshipology episode. Today, I'm talking to a guy that I've probably known for a decade or so. We met when I was a worship leader up in Washington, D.C. at National Community Church. And uh, Christian Knuckles is a songwriter, worship pastor. He's now out at Battle Creek. We're going to talk about all things worship and multi-site and even dive into some hard parts of his journey that have really led to the worship leader he is today. So Christian Knuckles, welcome to the podcast, bro. Dude, thank you so much for having me on here, man. This is really fun. It's great to catch up with you. Oh, absolutely, man. Now we met, I know uh, you were leading worship at a church in the Washington, D.C. area. Yes. And uh, we just connected. I think it was actually, did you meet Sarah or did your wife meet Sarah? I I can't remember. I was trying to think about this earlier today. How did we, how did we first connect, man? Yeah. So your oldest daughter, your oldest kid uh, and my youngest kid were in like preschool together. And That's right. I, I think I met Sarah at some kind of a, you know, uh, like a event. parent teacher kind of thing. Yes. And she mentioned, yeah, like, yeah, my husband is actually a worship pastor, too. And I was like, dude, we should totally <laughs> hang out sometime. So um, that was how that's how we got connected and then just got to hang out. And um, I was at Grace Community Church, which is in Arlington, Virginia, and um, you were at NCC. And uh, and then, you know. You moved down to Nashville and left me all alone, and <laughs> and then life happened. And you life moved happened. out to Oklahoma. Yeah, man. Um, so, <laughs> well, dude, I know we've gotten to write songs together. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to lead worship together. You stayed yeah. at my house. I mean, I feel like we're family on this podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into some good stuff, man. For real. But yeah. for our listeners, just for some context, man, why don't you kind of tell a little bit of your story? How did you first get into ministry, worship leading? Um, yeah, what's the Christian Knuckles story in a nutshell, man? Okay, in a nutshell, and I'm I'm a talker, so I'm going to keep this <laughs> short. But <clears throat> well, uh, you know, I grew up in in Texas. Uh, my dad was a music minister, um, and it was the you know early '80s uh, Southern Baptist church world. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad got fired from a church when I was uh, about six years old. Uh, we were living out in the middle of nowhere in this small town in Texas. And, you know, he was at the First Baptist Church there, and I guess he just kind of got let go one day, and we lived in the church parsonage. So it's like, hey, mm. you're fired and your family is homeless. So um, wow. it was not cool. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, and we moved back to my parents' hometown of Denton, Texas at that point, and that's where I grew up the rest mm. of my growing up years. But, like, uh, from that point on, my dad basically vowed to never work in full-time music ministry or full-time ministry really ever again. And, wow. and when I was 12, I started playing guitar. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd been singing since I was old enough to stand on a church stage, started writing songs pretty quickly after that, just kind of as a self-teaching of how to play the guitar, I would make stuff up and mm-hmm. make up lyrics and learn stuff on the radio. And, and I told God, I was like, you know what? I really feel like I could do something where I use music to glorify the Lord and, and lead people to Jesus, but I'm never working for a church. <laughs> so, oh, um, wow. yeah. yeah. So uh, fast forward to my high school years. When I was 17, I helped start a Christian ska band in 1999, all the way into my college days. Um, and then, you know, I got married in 
2004 uh, to my beautiful college sweetheart. And, and she was like, you'd make a great worship pastor. And I said, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. You know, I don't want to do that. You know, the whole dad issues and problems. Um, mm-hmm. That's not what I'm going to do. And and she was like, you know what? It sounds like you just want to be a rock star um, and that you will take these gifts that God's given you and you want to use them, but you don't want to serve as church, you know? And it's kind of mm-hmm. like you, it's, it's kind of like when your dad gives you a gift and you take it and you say, I'm only going to use it this way. Um, and, and I said, okay, uh, I'll do this. Lord, if, if there is a crazy pastor that would hire this spiky haired punk rocker Mohawk guy to be his worship pastor part-time, then I'll give it a try. And, uh, a friend of a friend was planting a church and needed a worship pastor. And I, I started by vocationally doing that. So you guys started at a church plant in Denton, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that was kind of like your first ministry job. What, what did it look like? Um, like what, what led to where you are today? Sure. Well, I think, I mean, the big thing that happened uh, before I went into full-time ministry is my dad uh, took his own life. And in, mm. in April of 09, I was getting ready to go into full-time ministry and put my resume out there. Wow. And then I had to, I had to grapple with the fact that I got a call and that my dad was gone in an instant and he had committed suicide. Mm. And in, in that moment, um, I had to surrender. I had to surrender to my calling and I had to stay focused on the voice of truth that God had wanted me to do this and that I'm not my father and that I don't deal with the depression and anger that he dealt with, you know? And, and, wow. um, and so God really in a, in a time where Satan could have, robbed me of that, uh, of the joy of following that calling. God used that horrific and tragic time, uh, to confirm that calling. And, and that's when, yeah. And so in the months that followed that, and uh, a month later, my son was born, my son Ryland was born. And I just felt this sense of responsibility to leave a different legacy to my family. And, uh, so yeah, at the beginning of 2010 in January, 2010, I got hired by a church in Annapolis, Maryland, and that was a Southern Baptist church, Weems Creek Baptist church. And, um, so I, I moved there, um, in and moved my family from Denton, Texas to Annapolis, Maryland to, to worship, to be the worship pastor at a church of about 200 people. And, uh, I served there for four and a half years, um, and, did every single job you could do except for preach basically and, and, and <laughs> youth group. So served in that church for four and a half years. And then that, uh, that, that's when I moved to Arlington, Virginia, uh, in 2014 to serve at Grace Community Church, which was a, a mobile, uh, very seeker sensitive church. So I went from a very relatively traditional Southern Baptist church to a, mm-hmm. a multi, like truly interdenominational staff um, we had people that, which were is from, really something mm-hmm. in that area, because I know just from living there for seven years. And I mean, a lot of churches are very much melting pots, you know, like a yeah. national community church, literally within one row, you'd see a Catholic next to somebody who has never been to church next to a person raised Methodist, Presbyterian, then Pentecostal. Uh-huh. I mean, all yeah. in the same row. So that's definitely a, a pretty unique area. And the churches in that area around DC are very reflective of that. That's cool. That's true. 
Yeah, and during my time at Grace is when I started to write and release records, like worship music. Um, we we started out with our main campus at a middle school in Arlington, um, and then we pl- launched a second campus in Falls Church. At one point, we also had a campus down in the district in a like in a nightclub, basically that one of our church members owned. Nice. Um, yeah. So like on Tuesday nights, there was a there was a church service in a bar, basically um, nightclub thing, and. Uh, then we had a little chapel in another area of Arlington. So it was, I was working on a four or five different venues during my time there in a mobile mm-hmm. multi-site church where your broadcast campus is portable. It was very crazy. Wow. Um, but yeah, it really taught me the the value of, of appreciating people from different denominational backgrounds. Um, I, I had a good friend that was on staff there that was from an AG background, a good friend that was from a Methodist background. You know, I was kind of the Baptist guy, uh, you know, and... and <laughs> Sounds uh, like the Avengers, but with denominations. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so after That's about awesome. four years there, I uh, felt the Lord moving me into a different ministry and just felt called to seek something new and uh, found a job here in Tulsa at Battle Creek Church. And Battle Creek is a... Uh, a large multi-site mega church with six campuses here in the Tulsa area. We also have a campus in Iman, Jordan, and we have one in Egypt as well. Um, so, whoa! So yeah, it's kind of a crazy. That's kind of a crazy thing. Um, I, I that's serve. Cool. I serve at uh, one of the satellite campuses. I'm not at the broadcast location, but we have six worship pastors that all serve together and and collaborate uh, on a weekly basis, and we all report to the lead worship guy uh, who isn't necessarily on stage on on the weekend he is more of mm-hmm. a more of a director and and a mentor to us and um so it's it's a really fun environment to work in highly collaborative very creative and and cutting edge and it always keeps me on my toes man so it's a fun place That's to cool. work yeah but i've had to learn a lot here so Multi-site is Well, crazy. let's talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, as you've kind of been in a couple of different multi-site contexts, one in DC, now you're in Tulsa, you're working not just with one campus team and one campus leadership, but really trying to collaborate um, with different expressions of a church. Um, what are some of the things that you've learned in that multi-site environment? Because, I mean, that's kind of close to my heart being at mm-hmm. NCC. When I was there, we had eight campuses. They all had a little bit different uh, flavor, you know, you'd have some mm-hmm. stuff that was like right downtown DC. Then you'd have some things closer to the Maryland border. You know, we had a campus all the way out in Gainesville, which is about an hour drive outside of DC. A lot more families, a lot, uh, a lot more like elderly folks that were out there. Um, so just kind of a different uh, overall, I don't know, flavor within those campuses. What was it like at um, at Grace and then now at Battle Creek, what are some of those multi-site things that you guys have uh, learned along the way? Yeah, I think that I think the biggest thing I've learned is you have to you have to realize that each location is going to be attended by a unique individual group of people, and that and that you can you can take steps toward making it feel like one church in multiple places. Um, but you're going to have a different campus pastor at each of those locations, most likely a different leadership mm-hmm. team at each of those locations, a different worship team. And there, there are churches, some of them very, very large and very affluent that, that go to the extreme to make it every single location is exactly the same as much as possible. And, um, right. and I think that in systems, that is a smart thing to do. I think that in 
production technology and in training and onboarding systems, even having maybe a common playlist from which you draw um, and and being able to speak into that. I think those are all good things. I, I do think mm-hmm. that there is a lot of value in autonomy at the campus level. Um, and and I think that it helps you serve that individual group of people better. So, for example, at Grace, the broadcast location was in a, a large middle school auditorium, like a theatrical stage kind of thing. But we also had a mm. Falls Church campus, which was in a high school auditorium, and it had a much lower attendance, and we did more acoustic worship in that campus, a more reverent almost style of worship in that campus. And then if we had a chapel service in our in our Boston's chapel, you know, that's a whole different sort of feel as well. And um, so it wasn't necessarily the full band lights, cameras, and action. It was more of a uh, intimate, stripped down, a worship style. Um, at, at, at Battle Creek, um, our, all six of our campuses are much more alike than what we did at Grace. Um, I'd say mm-hmm. that all six of our campuses and all six of our rooms are very similar, but our downtown mm-hmm. campus has a much higher... Um, uh, attendance from the Hispanic community and the African American community, and so their worship flavor is more gospel, and they also have bilingual worship uh, stuff That's available cool. there. So, because it serves that community, whereas if yeah. you go to our South Tulsa campus uh, and my campus, very similar in in their demographics, our Jinx campus is the same kind of way. So, like. Then our Midtown campus is where a lot of more of the affluent people go to church. And so they like a little bit more of a, um, I, I don't want to say traditional, but a little bit less on the cutting edge style, sure. right? It looks more like You could probably like get away with hymns church. there or yep. something, you know. Hymn reinventions. Like a couple yeah, decades like ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's one of those things where each of us worship pastors all have to have a common respect for each other. And we all have to be on the same page with the vision of our senior pastor. That's really what it comes down to. You have to be on the yeah. same page as your senior pastor. We all really, we serve his vision. Um, and and his vision is to is to not be homogenous across our campuses. It's to be um, mm. as, as alike as possible, especially in the excellence expectation. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know what, dude? If if Owasso, like my campus, is in Owasso, and I like if I like House of Miracles by Brandon Lake, and some other guy who's wrong by the way doesn't like that song as much, um, <laughs> you know, well maybe I play it, you know, three times as much as he does, right? Yeah. Um, there there are songs that I write that we only play at this campus. Um, that you know mm-hmm. we do we do a lot more original music at this campus because I'm just always writing worship music. So. Uh, yeah, I think having that freedom is very important to the worship to the typical worship pastor who is a creative person. And if you make that box that they're supposed to color in too small, it can be frustrating. So, you know, it's it's really cool that you you there's a couple things that I just kind of want to pull out from what you just said. You were talking about the the idea of and and I would call this you, you either have the clone uh, way of doing multi site mm. or you have the super autonomous. Uh, culture-driven way of doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, the clone way is pa- basically the copy and paste. Hey, this is what has really worked for us, and we're just gonna kind of copy and paste it in different parts of town and see if it works. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you have you have obviously a, a lot of churches that do that really well. Uh, I would I would almost put like an elevation kind of in that where it's like their brand, their style, wherever they go, it's gonna 
kind of reflect, you know, what, what's happening down in Charlotte. Yes. Um, and then you have other other ways of doing multi-site that is kind of more driven by the culture of where you're at. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've kind of seen this in Hillsong campuses. Like if you go to Hillsong, New York, it looks pretty different than Hillsong, L.A. or Hillsong, mm-hmm. Paris. Or I mean, they're and granted, they're global when they when they do that. But it does reflect the city or the area that they're in. Yeah. Sure. And and I would even say, you know, like in the style that, um, you know, we did at National Community Church, it was kind of we're trying to figure out how to do this both. So if you're listening and you're a multi-site worship leader, A, would love to hear some of your best practices, but B, I think the big conversation uh, is always that DNA versus autonomy. How do we Mm -hmm. celebrate the unique communities within the larger body? And then when you're a worship pastor at a church like that, you know, we're going to have things that build up each campus individually, but then we're also going to have things that build the sum of all campuses and kind of reflect Mm -hmm. a larger vision. So when you said, you know, hey, we're each kind of taking the vision of the lead pastor and implementing it in the communities that we find ourselves in, I really, really thought that was a valuable piece because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't have, if you have a seven campus church with multi-sites, you can't have seven different visions. I mean, obviously then you're going to be going in different directions. So kind of what's that common denominator that pulls all of you together? So for Battle Creek Church, it would be, hey, what are the things at all of your different campuses, when I walk in, I can be like, oh yeah, this is Battle Creek Church. And and finding those things that are almost like non, non-negotiables. And I would ask you this, just as a worship pastor, what are the, do you guys, you're only at one campus or are you kind of jumping around from campus to campus to kind of keep it fresh or uh, what, what does that look like for you, Christian? Yeah, um, each of our worship pastors serves at a specific campus. We report to the campus pastor of that campus. So, um, mm-hmm. so my, my boss is not the central uh, worship pastor. It's, uh, it's the campus pastor of our Owasso campus um, and, and the, my fellow workers, you know, in the ministry, I consider that primarily to be my, my campus staff. Um, now <clears throat> I'll say this, some of the things that, that tie our church campuses together is visual. Uh, we, we do a lot of, you know, all of our branding is common, right? Uh, all of our mm-hmm. color schemes and, and stuff like that. Even our kids areas all look almost exactly the same, um, in, in the theming and, and, uh, construction but our our venues are completely different because we've basically grown as a church into multi-site as a result of other churches wanting us to come in and partner with them and and them becoming a Battle Creek campus and so we take over a building oh, wow. that was another church right so it was a pre-existing church building so um some so of let our... me pause you right there sure because that, that's a whole that's a whole nother side of of multi-site is when you kind of do these um Oh man! I mean, what, what would you call it? revitalization, mm-hmm. or you know, you're coming in and yeah. partnering with the church? So, mm-hmm. in those instances, have you guys partnered with churches that have had like their congregations blend with your congregation, or is it just the building? Yeah, it's been it's been a little bit of both, um, depending on the situation. There have been a couple of different situations where uh, the congregations of that church did 
blend in with our church. I think the majority of the time it's been, hey, we're we're closing down, we're selling our building. Do you want to buy it and turn it into a campus? That kind of thing. Um, and our mm-hmm. pastor just having a vision to reach all the different areas of Tulsa, um, and God just providing those those opportunities and conversations to happen. But as a result, mm. uh, you know, one of the things that's great about um, one of the largest multi-site churches, Life Church, um, they have a lot of uh, control over their venues because they build them all to be the same, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Um, and and that's really really great because that means if I need to go run sound at another campus, well, they're going to have the exact same kind of thing, right? Um, and for us, it's been a challenge. That's been a production challenge uh, because if I were to go down to our downtown campus, for example, they have a different soundboard than we do because they're in a different life cycle and you know of of gear and and they run tracks a little differently than we do. So that's another thing. All of us worship pastors have the freedom to run tracks however much we want or however much we want, however little we want, and however we want. Yeah. So my Ableton yeah. workflow might look completely different than our South Tulsa campus and our BA mm. campus. So, so yeah, I mean, um, it's just one of those interesting things. That on the production side, multi-site church, I mean, that could be a whole other episode, man. <laughs> Uh, oh, but, I know. But the- I, well, I mean, and that's the interesting thing is like, you know, you just talked about Ableton. Like it was an interesting, I, I guess, season in, in my life. And I, I'm seeing multi-site become more a part of the conversation again. Here we are three years removed from COVID mm-hmm. uh, almost. And so I've definitely been hearing multi-site come up a lot. And even in our conversations here at Destination, we're talking about, you know, uh, possible expansion in the future and dreaming and praying about that. But I will yeah. say this, like at NCC, I was worship director and we had eight campuses. All of those campuses had a worship leader or a worship pastor at them. And so my role was really to bring people together. So I would kind of bounce between the campuses mm-hmm. and just do a pulse check on each one. Hey, how's the team doing? Hey, how are you doing as a worship leader? And then we would all come together once or twice a week uh, to pray, to cast vision, to kind of hear larger vision, even to pick songs that, hey, what are the 10 to 20 songs over this next quarter that we can all be doing? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily the same style, but even our own style. But I will say this, like there are those things that as a worship director of multiple campuses, you, you kind of say, well, hey, um, not everybody has to use Ableton, but everybody should be playing with a click. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. So like like the standards, like trying to get those standards uh, across the board so where it may be a different flavor at each campus, but you're going to experience the same quality line. Yes. And yes. I think that's such a key distinction, man. And so, you know, you could you could jump from one campus to the next as a worship leader and 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 feel like, oh, this is the same church. And if it doesn't, then you ask yourself, are right, where are the areas that we need to maybe renovate or tighten up? Yeah, it's true. And and all of our venues, um, so our our main campus is the Broken Arrow location. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, is a, a suburb of Tulsa, and it's mm-hmm. it's 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 much 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 larger than the other five campuses here in the Tulsa area. So, mm. for example, my campus runs six fifty on a Sunday, something like that, whereas the Broken Arrow campus runs four thousand or something like three thousand on a Sunday. You know, and mm. um, so in in each of our like my my venue is infinitely smaller than the Broken Arrow Worship uh, Center. And um, and so their, their level of production and their tools that are available to them, even in personnel and staff, is vastly different than, than what I do. However, when they launched our campus, they set it up 
to be a micro expression of what they do at BA. And then the same can be said for all the other five campuses so that when you go into those campuses, um, and I'm just going to describe real quickly like what it's like at at our at our. Uh, Battle Creek campuses, um, when you walk into the worship center, you're going to see, um, you know, LED lights, like modern intelligent lighting that's that's going to be moving during the music. It's not, and, and then the lights are dimmed in the room, right? Um, so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a modern setting. You're not going to see at one campus, they keep the lights on the whole time and it's stained glass windows, you know? Um, it's not that different, right? It's all going to be that right. more, um, I guess, what we would consider modern worship style. And yeah, we all run tracks on every song. So like um, as, as needed, but some some campuses are a little bit more tracks dependent um, and their workflows dictate that and, and my, you know, than mine is. Um, and like at BA, they run their tracks in a completely different, or sorry, BA, short for Broken Arrow. At BA, they... They run their tracks a very different way than we do, but we're all running tracks, you know, and they're all seamlessly mm-hmm, flowing between mm-hmm. each other. And it's so it's not like one campus has banjo and accordion when the others have right, right. rock bands, right? We all have like full uh, rock bands, you know, with 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 vocalists, multiple vocalists on stage. We all have similar, uh, dare I say, even like dress codes in, in a way. Um, and so that when you go to one of these campuses, it definitely, I think we've really struck the balance well of it feeling like a Battle Creek campus, um, no matter which one you go to, even though our buildings are, could not be more different than each other. I like that, man. And I think, you know, as we kind of look to the future, the the beautiful thing about the multi-site model at at large is really you go big by going small. You know, I think coming out of this COVID season, so many people are kind of looking for maybe a church where they can connect a little bit easier. And so of course, when you're meeting in smaller venues, it's just way easier to meet people. It's way easier to connect and, and find places to plug in and serve. And so I don't think multi-site is a, is a thing of the past. I actually think I see it coming back Mm -hmm. uh, maybe in a different way, Mm -hmm. but I think this conversation has been so helpful because there's, there's multiple ways to do it. Um, and then, you know, finding yourself Christian as one of a team of many, um, what are some best practices when it comes to that of being a part of a larger team, a larger collective of worship leaders and worship pastors that serve a vision? Mm. What, what are some best practices maybe within the team dynamic? I think the, one of the biggest ones is, is connecting, um, regularly. I, I, I can't imagine, um, working in an environment like this without us getting together on a weekly basis or at least every other week or so. When we were separated during COVID and all locked down for those few months or however long, and by the way, Oklahoma, we experienced the pandemic in a very different way than I think they would in like DC and places like that because yeah. <laughs> our shutdown was much, much shorter and, and less uh, invasive. Wide but... open spaces. <laughs> right. When the population density is like a fraction of, of, of DC, it's right, a lot easier. Right. To... Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you said at NCC, when you were the worship director there, you guys got together once a week and you helped connect those worship leaders together. We do the exact same thing. Every week we go to the BA campus, the main campus. We all get together. We talk through what's coming up. We're talk, we talk about how Sunday went. We, um, we get lunch together. We hang out. We eat chicken together, you know, and we get to just Love be, bro- we get to be brothers together. Um, we've, we've walked through thick and thin of just crazy turnover of attacks spiritually 
um, things in our personal lives that we've mm. dealt with, and we've we've been there for each other after you know these several years. And and I'll tell you one thing, man. There were there were some times in my early days at this church that were very very difficult to walk through, and that group of worship mm. pastors was one of the only reasons I was able to stick it through, man, like stick it out. It, wow. it, it was so, um, so I think that's vital, uh, having a connection point just to help you understand you are not alone. One of the greatest strengths of being multi-site is that you're not alone in what you're doing. Uh, there are other yeah. people at another place that do your same job and love you and want you to win. So, um, so I just think Having a regular connecting time each week, also just having a mutual respect for each other, always believing the best for each other, um, and mm. and not not necessarily competing with each other. Um, I think that for the worship pastors, because we collaborate in a creative way, we're able to check that competitive nature at the door sometimes a little easier. Uh, but yeah, I think. Well, listen. Most of the yeah. time, we've been talking about teams in the aspect of like your worship band, you know, like your your team being. You know, your drummer, your bass player, your singers, and, and of course, mm-hmm. worship leaders uh, leading that up. But I think there's such a beautiful thing when you've got a team of worship pastors working together at a church where you can lift each other's arms. And I mean, man, every Moses needs an Aaron and a her. And I think, you know, you mm-hmm. just gave some great best practices, not just for worship leaders who collaborate together, but even worship staffs. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I mean, church staffs, yes. uh, you know, to work together and realize like, man, we're on the same team. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to win together way better than we're going to compete apart from one another. So the last thing I was going to say, and this is just one last thing, man. Um, one of the most wonderful and and unique things that we do at Battle Creek that I feel is a strength uh, of our multi-site nature is that uh, several times a year, I want to say three times a year, we have a huge worship night at our main campus where all of our campuses mm. come together and all of our worship Love pastors it. form the Battle Creek Collective where, you know, our, our downtown worship pastor, Ryan, and our Jinx worship pastor, Ty, are both killer drummers, you know, but they both also sing really, really, I mean, they're amazing singers. Um, you don't want me to play drums, Curtis. I am not a good drummer, right? <laughs> but like, we've got some guys that are really good keyboard players. I'm a guitar guy and a vocalist, you know, um, I play electric guitar and acoustic. And uh, so like, we all will Somebody will play bass, somebody will play keys, somebody will play drums. We all come together to form the Voltron of the Battle Creek Collective, right? So nice. uh, there's something special about playing music with each other that binds you together in a, almost a band of brothers kind of way. And we get to wow. live that out several times a year because um, you got to work through stuff, right? And you got to lean on each other in a different way when, you, when you're doing that. Mm. So, um, so I would recommend... Uh, whether even even if you're in different roles, like maybe you are an outreach coordinator, or maybe you know maybe you're um, a student pastor, man, try and find something once or twice a year that all the student pastors are working on together, like maybe student camp or all the outreach people are working on together, like a giant outreach event, because it will allow you to collaborate in a fresh way and stay bound together and and be one church together. I love that. And I would even say, you know, just kind of as a side thought, man, like finding people in your city, in your community, other worship pastors to just get with, collaborate with, meet for coffee. Um, There's so much value in, in just seeing that we're not just these silos of churches, but man, if we're all preaching the same Jesus, preaching the same gospel, we're on the same team, right? Absolutely. And so, um, 
Man, I think there's just a lot of value in that right there, Christian. Hey, man, listen, a couple minutes left here. I would love to know, one thing I've been asking every uh, interview and podcast this year is just, man, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you for this season, for this year? Um, what is he telling you? And is there something in there that you feel like, you know, for the church at large, for the body of Christ, hey, man, let's let's lean into that. Mm. I, I think the big... <clears throat> drum that I've been banging on for the last, you know, six to nine months, really, in my own personal uh, ministry journey is this, yeah. is this, in, like, I feel like the Holy Spirit is enlightening me to a very basic truth that I may have overlooked or gotten away from in it. And I'm sad that it took so long for me to really grasp onto this. And that is that we as pastors, as, as worship leaders, um, we are in the disciple making business. We're not in the entertainment mm. business. We're not in the production business. We're not in the, you know, even in the music business, right? It's all a context for making disciples. And when yeah. when Jesus when Jesus was giving the great commission, he didn't say, "Hey guys, uh, God's given me all authority in heaven and on earth, and so therefore go out and rock people's faces on Sunday mornings." Uh, you know what I'm saying? Therefore, that go, does need to be a T-shirt, though. Yeah, it does need to be. Yeah, a t-shirt. it does. Therefore, go and make great Ableton sessions. No, um, he <laughs> he says go make disciples. And so, you know, a hundred years ago, or maybe even fifty years ago, maybe it was a handbell choir that was a context for making disciples. Um, or there maybe you you're in a maybe you're in a small country church with fifty people in it, and you know, you're you're the worship pastor slash youth pastor slash janitor slash kids pastor. Um, you know, um, those are all just a context for making disciples. And so when you have, maybe you're in a large church that has a lot of people helping with front of house production. Um, maybe you've got five mm-hmm. different, maybe you've got five people that all do pro presenter, you know, that all do your visual operator's job. Um, if you aren't... Uh, at least checking in with those people and talking to those people about their spiritual walk and their daily life and letting them know like, Hey man, um, I know you work for the, the road crews and it's about to snow like a crazy storm. I just want you to know I'm praying for you, you know? Um, mm. or Hey, Hey man, I know that your niece, um, had a baby last night. I just want to let you know I'm praying for that family. I don't know her personally, but, uh, I'm just, I'm celebrating with you guys right now. Like, we're disciple yeah. makers, man, and and I and I I think a lot of times worship pastors get lazy and we focus on Sunday morning so much that we don't even care about making disciples, um, and wow. that's just the honest truth. Like, and that's honestly a confession moment, Curtis. Like, um, <laughs> but but think about it. What's harder? What's harder? Sitting in your office and crafting a worship set. Or sitting at someone's hospital bed and praying with them before they go into surgery, right? Bro, I think that's a challenge just issued for all of us, man, that, yeah, the Great Commission is all about discipleship. And so if that's what Jesus said as our Great Commission, uh, man, I think we've got to take that seriously in the context that we're in. We've got to be focused on making disciples, loving people, and Mm -hmm. loving God, man. Thank you so much for just spending some time with us, Christian. Awesome, dude. And we're going to put some uh, just links to the music you've been writing and releasing in our show notes. Excited for uh, everything that's coming out of uh, Battle Creek and everything that you're writing, man. It sounds so good. Dude, thank you, man. I I love you, bro. 
You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.